of all, thank you for listening. Yeah, honestly, thank you. Shout out to any guy who listens to this. Also, shout out to anyone at all who's listening to this. <laughs> Other than, If like, you've made it this far, you're probably, like... A better person than we are. <laughs> well, that too, but also, like, we love you. Yeah, thank you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of our podcast, The Virgin Trees Podcast with Miriam and Becca. Today, since we got a couple questions about the name of our podcast, we were going to explain that yeah. for all of the folks who are not our Salem sisters. Yeah, so I think anyone who goes to Salem probably knows why we named Salem Academy in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where we both went to high school. Yeah, and became our soul friends that we are today. <laughs> um... Yeah, so why do we name our podcast Virgin Trees? Just, uh, I mean, it's in our alma mater. The alma mater, which is about 20 minutes long. At one point, (laughs) they reference the um, Virgin Trees, and they mean the uncut, like, forests that Mm. are... um, On campus still? Yeah, kind of. I don't super actually know, but, like, there's a reference... few references to virgin trees and everyone just thought it was so hilarious because we had really developed mature sense of humors in high school and so we yeah we were super mature and so we just yeah virgin trees we called ourselves virgin trees i think we like referred like miss t would get up there and be like well yeah all you virgin tree you know it was like an ongoing like joke slash thing so double entendre an albert if you will Um, anyway, so I think that's, like, where it came from. There's some virgin trees out in the Maydell, all that good stuff. I think they're, I mean, they've I think us. so. They're really big trees. Yeah. Just so, it's cool. It's really pretty. Us. And so it's a throwback and also a, um... Cheese day. It's just funny. Yeah. Honestly. It's really funny. We have very immature senses of humor, and we hope As we that will. you... Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then before we get started, because we do have heavy topics going on today, so just be prepared for that hashtag trigger warning on violence in general. But we wanted to say, or at least I wanted to say, mention Black Panther, because if y'all haven't gone to see it yet, go see it. It's amazing. Um, I think I haven't, like, I used to be super into Marvel movies, and I was like, eh. Ugh, there's too but many then, Yeah, there's too many, but this one's worth it. If you haven't seen Marvel in a few years, and you're like, man, could go for some superhero shit, <laughs> go see it. It's amazing. Um, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong, as I'm saying that. Nyong'o or something. Nyong'o, yeah. I think I spelled it wrong in this fucking I think so. PowerPoint or whatever I'm saying. <laughs> Google Google document. Um, but yeah, really good. Becca has yet to see it, but... I know I'm the worst. Just wanted to put a plug in for it real quick. Real good. Um, yeah, I think that's all for our introduction. So today we're talking about, as the episode title will let y'all know, <laughs> mass shooting and uh, violence and men and why we think mass shootings are a feminist issue. Um, so yeah, let's jump right in. Y'all ready for this? Don't say that. Well, I mean, yeah. Oh my god. It's 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 stuff. So basically, we're talking about mass shooting because, as y'all know, it is a very current issue. Um, A couple weeks ago, there was a big mass shooting in Florida. Um, So that kind of triggered some of our own dialogue on it. And you know, every time a mass shooting happens, and we have to say it because it's every time because almost every month now. Jesus. Yeah. So. there's a lot of dialogue about it and some of it's helpful, some of it's harmful so we kind of want to unpack that a little bit um, and also talk about why it's a feminist issue because it is and this is what that podcast is primarily focused on so um, I guess the first thing I will say 
is that 98% of mass shooters are men. So if you didn't think mass shooting and violence was a mass shooting violence, a specific type of violence was a feminist issue, like 98% of mass shooters are men. So it should be a feminist issue, but the main thing is that it's like a, a very gendered issue. And the fact that it's like if 98% of mass shooters were women, it's something that would be talked about on every news site in the nation. But right. Like, why are these crazy women killing people? Right. It's like, okay, like, right. but women literally aren't doing this. Why? We think that's important, so we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, 49, because um, if we date back farther, it includes some, like, racial stuff. Did you what? not read about that? When? Well, like, if we say the ma- like the worst mass shooting in history, it's like, oh, well, they, like, mass killed, like, in- Native Americans. And, oh, like, so, right, And, like, right, black right. people, you know, so oh, we, we kind of, like, yeah. we kept it. We're saying since 1949 and, and... It makes the definition a little more fuzzy. Yeah, so we're not, we're, we're kind of disregarding wartime slash slavery, and we realize those are really big, Oof. important things, and we don't want to ignore Oof. them, or, yeah. So, so this is a different kind of mass shooting in that the modern idea of mass shootings yeah so yeah so why are we accepting this as normal why have more changes not gone about so let's dive let's dive in uh you want to introduce our first topic so first what we wanted to talk about was the way that people frame this debate as sort of like oh guns aren't the problem it's mental illness but that is such a cop-out of an of a explanation for it because most of the time there is no clear evidence of mental illness before the attacks, and only about a quarter displayed signs of depression or psychopathy slash psychopathy slash I don't know how to say that word. Right. So we, we're getting this from an article, y'all. We backed up our sources. We're <laughs> we're real people. We're not just pulling the shit out of our head. Um, there's a New York Times article called "Mass Shooters Are All Different Except for One Thing: Most Are Men" by Daniel Victor, and he quotes some. Um, he cites some other sources with statistics and like. Um, all that good stuff. So I think so. So a quarter displayed signs of depressions and psychopathy. That was actually in his article. We're not just blowing that out. Yeah, that was Dr. Michael Stone, a New York forensic psychiatrist. Right. Um, and it also says Adam Lanza, who killed 20 children mm-hmm. and six adults at Sandy Hook Elementary School in 2012, had received years of counseling from psychiatrists and psychologists. Though he had Asperger's syndrome, a mild form of autism that does not suggest violent behavior, he had never been found to have any mental illness that would. Um, so, so mental illness is a cop out, like we said, like it's, it's, I think it's a part of the issue, but it's not a big of part as everyone's saying. It's not the defining factor. Mm -mm. It's really not. If you're, if your response to mass shooting is like, ah, man, we need to get mental health, health care. Like, yes, but like, that's not the reason people are killing people. Right. Because there are plenty of people that do suffer from issues that suffer from mental illnesses, like depression and anxiety that don't go around shooting people. And also... Also, in the New York Times article by Daniel Victor that we were talking about, um, he notes that 23% of U.S. women have a diagnosable mental illness compared to only 16.8% of men. But mass shootings perpetrated by women are about 2%. Right. So there's also... And there's none just, of them are like the top 10 or even the Those two narratives 20, don't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about mental health issues and mental illness. Like, yes, like I'm such a proponent of like encouraging mental health care, like all mm-hmm. that good stuff. But let's take it away from the gun debate because that's not the central issue here. Right. Um, yeah, maybe it's a small factor, but but it's not the reason people are shooting each other. And I guess this is what we'll get to later. But it's more so the fact of like this, these ideas from toxic masculinity that come up that men have to be this or do this or deserve certain things and they feel entitled to things and when they don't get them they don't know how to process those emotions so they more so just lash out and want to punish people for Mm. and that's not necessarily a mental illness because that's a social problem that definitely has mm, ways 
I mean, obviously it's huge and there's not like a s easy fix, but it's a problem that can be solved as long as we look at the right place and decide to fix the right things. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. Cause sorry. No, 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 no. I mean, it's good to bring up. Um, but yeah, the first thing we kind of wanted to cover is like, all right, cause, cause that's what you see on Facebook and y'all, yeah, everyone's like, Facebook's an abyss, but like it's, <laughs> it's easy to get caught up. Oh my God. Just the other week I had an encounter, but <laughs> You know, I'm oh, like, shout out, shout out to all the Salem Republicans who argue on Facebook with us. Oh, Hashtag. Well. Okay, I am such a big believer in not arguing with people on Facebook because I'm like, I know this doesn't do anything. It's not a good me I'm, medium. Right, right, and it's like I know that like people just get angry and then like your your like your words take over you and you're just like yelling at someone through your computer and I like know it's super unhelpful and you're not going to change anyone's mind. But it's very cathartic. <laughs> is it? In though? a sense, I, I like. I enjoy it. well, I I would say I Molly do like it, mom. <laughs> Hashtag cut this out. God. Well, it happens. Like, I think the, this is the first time I had, like, got an argument with someone on Facebook in, like, a year at least. Like, it's not something I promote, and I don't think it's a good idea. Like, y'all, like, don't yell at each other on Facebook. It doesn't do anything. Right. People just get more entrenched in their opinions. But I'm not saying I've never done it. And <laughs> it's so hard, and it's so bad, and I need to, like, literally be a better person and not do it. And I, I've only done it once, I think, in a long time. But um, anyways, so, yeah, we got in a little... That was very much a tangent. It was, yeah, it was rough. We enjoy we our argument. Um, high school memories. Hashtag TBT. Yeah, true. Um, okay, so the other, the next topic I want to talk about, and which is not talked about a lot in the media, is the domestic violence. So, um, if y'all haven't heard of the group Every Town for Gun Safety, um, they're one of the biggest groups in America that's really trying to work. Um, to get guns regulated, gun laws in place. Um, and they did a research study recently. Um, so I'm going to read some some quotes from that, some statistics about domestic violence and mass shooting. So, and this is from Every Town from gun, for Gun Safety. Um, or you can just Google it. You can find these statistics yourselves. Um, so, quote, 57% of mass shooting perpetrators from 2009 to 2015 included a spouse, former spouse, or other family member among the victims. About 16% of the gunmen in mass shootings during that time period have been previously charged with domestic uh, domestic violence. So domestic violence, and maybe this is like obvious to some of y'all, maybe not, is a really big part of, especially when it's perpetrated by men, about men being violent in general. So if you have abused your spouse or family member and you've like, you've done this domestic violence. Specifically violence against women though. Right, and, right. And, and abusing children. I right, like here it says, Devin P. Kelly had assaulted his wife and stepson mm -hmm, yeah. five years before he killed 26 people in Sutherland Springs, Texas. And that was, what, two Novembers ago? Not last, was it last November? I Jesus Christ. I think so, because it was after Vegas, and we were all like, what the actual fuck? I think so. <laughs> I'll I believe it. so, yeah. And now that we have two laptops. Um, and then Do Robert Aldear Jr. beat his ex-wife's head against the floor years before he killed three people at a Planned Parenthood clinic in Colorado Springs, 2015. Um, and Omar Mateen, Omar Mateen, who killed 49 people in Orlando, Florida, in June yeah. 2016, had a history of beating his ex-wife, she told the authorities. Just to kind of pop in, it was November 2017. Okay. So it was last November. Right. So domestic violence obviously plays a bigger role. Obviously a bigger role than mental health, but people aren't fucking talking about it. Jesus Christ. He looks really He gross. looks creepy. Uh, um, we just looked up. He's got that nice neck beard. Mm. Um, so, okay. So why aren't we talking about domestic violence? It's a big issue. Um, why are we, why is the government selling men who have been charged with domestic violence in the past? Like here it says, 
Um, he like this guy had already been charged. I don't remember who it was. Um, but there, there, he had already been into the police, but he was still able to get a gun. I mean, just in, not even in terms of mass shooting. Why are you giving someone who already has on because record they have money beating their beating their wife or beating their kid, and you're gonna sell them a gun? Like it just like that whole that that juxtaposition is just like it just blows my mind. Like why is the government okay with this? Well, it's not even the government. Sometimes most of the time they're not even involved because I read this article about the um on TV whenever they're like, on SVU especially, they're like, oh, we put a trace on the gun and we're gonna see who it belongs to. A lot of times that's literally not even true. Like there's almost no record of who owns a gun except when you buy it at the store and you sign the receipt or whatever. And so that is registration. But when the gun store closes down, they send all those files to this centralized location in Kentucky or something like that. But they're literally at that location, not allowed to have a centralized computer system. So they have to dig through boxes and boxes of receipts to find who might own the gun. And it's honestly ridiculous. Mm. And so it's, if it is traceable, it's a huge amount of effort. And this legislation that doesn't let them have a computer is on purpose backed by the NRA and their millions of dollars so that it makes it Fuck the NRA. Yeah, easier to commit gun violence and not have guns taken away. Mm. Yeah. So fuck the NRA. And I need to stop swearing. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's not professional. Um, but also like fuck people who are abusing their spouses and kids like i don't know so okay then also the national domestic hotline and this is to further the idea that it's a feminist issue domestic abuse hotline national domestic hotline it just says that doesn't make sense then maybe i had a typo i think it is okay because national domestic <clears throat> the national domestic abuse or violence hotline let me google it okay says uh i mean these quotes are real i copied and pasted right. them. but domestic violence hotline okay in four women, one in, one in four women and uh, one in seven men aged 18 and older in the U.S. have been the victim of severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. Mm. Um, between 1994 and 2010, four in five victims of intimate partner violence were female or were women. Um, women are way more likely to receive abuse from male partners. Um, so, so just this pattern of men who commit mass shooting or mass violence, um, there's a big link to committing violence against women in general, especially in the home. And that correlates with kind of this sense of entitlement and this toxic masculinity where they feel entitled to certain things and, and feel entitled to feeling superior over people, I think. And mm -hmm. I think that that is a main, that just kind of power struggle almost. Mm. They need to feel powerful. And so once they do that at the home, you know, and they still don't feel powerful, they reach out and harm mm. as many people as they possibly can. Yeah. And we also read this article, and I don't know in terms of organization how this fits, but I think it's okay if we talk about it now. Oh, um, for sure. It's really good. The Boys Are Not All Right. Read it. It's by Michael Ian Black. Posted on February 21st um, in the New York Times. Just Google it. The Boys Are Not All Right. Really good article by um, a white male writer for the New York Times. Yeah. So, Snaps for him. Yeah, yes. he did a really good job. Um, so he talks about the shooting in Florida. And he, he says, American America's boys are broken and it's killing us. Um, and he talks about why, why boys or men are more likely to commit They just violence. have less emotional kind of support systems almost they're shamed for expressing their emotional vulnerability and they're they feel emasculated if they mm. are ever 
sad or powerless. Yeah. And so, and so like the thing I want to steer away from, because I think originally when I'm like, oh, like men are mass shooters, like fuck men. Like I hate men. Like why can't they get their fucking shit together? Like that's my (laughs) attitude. And then like, I'm like, okay, Miriam, slow down. Like how can we, what's the solution? Like don't just get caught up because yeah, men are the ones who are, you know, abusing partners more often. Right. And And, like men are the one who are like doing the mass shooting. He, He offers like a really cool, like almost solution. I mean. Right, so it's like you can like, and I think also fuck. Um, sorry, Susie Hines, Colin. <laughs> um, and I think also like talking to my dad a little bit, because uh, I'm home for spring break. So I was talking to my dad about this a little bit, and he's like, uh, just help me think about the issue a little bit differently." I think. He's, well, I want to hear about this because I didn't actually hear. Well, he struggles with the whole idea. I mean, I don't know, and I don't want to get too into it because arguing with my dad is. Is we argued lot. at that Mexican restaurant for like an hour. I know it was rough. It was rough. God. Um, but he was just saying like, I think he was like not taking it personally, but it's like he felt like we weren't offering a solution. And I'm paraphrasing his words um, because we got really caught up. And he was like, well, what don't women abuse men? And like, don't, you know, isn't emotional manipulation and violence like, isn't that real? But like men are way less likely to report you know, emotional or physical violence. So like, we don't have statistics on it and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, yes, that's true. Like women can and do abuse men and that happens. But I think there's, I think there's value in looking at the physical violence too and how that manifests in like, and and violence in other areas of these men's lives too. And, and also I think he would, I don't know, like when he was like talking about all this women's violence, like, yeah, that's important, but that's not the point. You know, it's that not we're making. so systemic or like structural, not, not that mass violence is structural in any sense like that, but like in like an anthropological sense, but it's structural in that it's caused by structural societal problems that tell men that they are entitled to these certain feelings of powerfulness and that women are typically not. Mm-hmm. And so women have, this is super generalizing, but women typically have better coping mechanisms when they, for example, lose a job or like someone, right. just such small things that you think about that like, it's almost like we are told that we don't deserve things. And so when we get them, it's really exciting. When we don't, we're like, ah, oh, shoot, you know, that sucks. But when men don't right. get things, they're told all their lives that they deserve great things. Especially They've got to men. do great things. They've got to be powerful. They've mm-hmm. got to, you know, be the breadwinner, have a great wife and stuff like that. And they need all of this sense of control over their life. And like, yeah, it's nice to have control over your life. I would love to have that. But like, right. whenever they don't get that, there aren't really any resources for them to have because they're not allowed to have that emotional vulnerability right. and that's something that needs to be discussed and Michael right. Ian Black does a really great job of talking about the ways that he tries to help his own 16 year old son not bottle up his emotions and talk about his issues with his father and say hey you're allowed to feel like this you're allowed to be vulnerable and you don't have to take it out in rage and you don't have to right. hurt other people you right. can just have those feelings and know that they're there and your masculinity doesn't have to be centered on your you know, powerfulness. You can be a masculine man and still be emotionally right vulnerable. Right. And so what he even, what he says in his, is his uh, opinion article piece is like, okay, well, women have had been able to have their idea of what it means to be feminine, what it idea means to be a woman. They've been able to rewrite that in the last few decades with the women's move. Like you have your first wave of feminism and the, 20s with the suffragist movement and then like the second wave in the 60s with Gloria Steinman and like Roe Ro versus Wade. Mm, I don't remember when that was. But that was, I, was that second wave? I think it was second wave. And then third wave. So like the 2000 with like the misrepresentation documentary and you have all these oh, like... Oh, that was a really good God, that fucking changed my life. Watch it. So good. Even though it's old, it's still relevant because fuck the media. But and that the main girl who... The main woman who like hosts it is on Mad Men. Rep. That's my favorite show. It's really good. 
I have seen a few episodes and this will forever divide us, but it's fine. Um, but basically he's saying like, so women had to have had more of an opportunity to rewrite their history and rewrite what it means to be a woman and be able to like have conversations about what it means to be a woman. Right. Like it says the past 50 years have redefined what it means to be female or be a woman in America. I'd say or. Never uh, girls today are told that they can do anything, be anyone. They have absorbed the message. They're outperforming boys in school in every level. But this isn't just about performance. To be a girl today is to be the beneficiary of decades of conversation about the complexities of womanhood. It's many forms and expressions. Boys, though, have been left behind. So it no longer it's no longer enough to be a man. We no longer even know what that means. So, yeah, we got to rewrite what it be, means to be a man. It's not about In a this, more positive way. Right. I mean, like all these traditional masculine qualities and traditional feminine qualities, how can we have overlapping between the two traditional gender Also, norms? just destroy the idea of gender itself. Like, we can keep around ideas of femininity and masculinity and whatnot, but, like, those don't have to map onto whatever your sex is. Like, that is just the stupidest thing. Mm-hmm. You can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. And really, just everyone needs to be better <laughs> yeah especially men yeah true um i mean so black i mean i don't know i i think just read the article it's really good and i think there's a lot of value and like um and i think like when we say that mass shooting is a gender issue or a feminist issue it's like we need we need to rewrite the way we're talking about manhood and masculinity to to right. help men and boys not grow into this pattern of violence because right. because violence in men but is also, so much more prominent the change has to come from men themselves it can't be i mean yes we could incorporate it as part of this like feminist movement that's happening right now but it's also like there needs to be a man that takes on the role and takes on the head and says hey this is not okay here's what we need to do here's how we can make changes mm-hmm. and once that movement gets going I'm sure it would fall in line with a lot of the things that the feminist movement is doing. But well, yeah, I mean, I've, I always say gender issues, whether they have to do with men or women, are always feminist because we feminists work till equality. So we want, right. we want. I mean, I wouldn't say it's like. I mean, I still think it's a feminist issue. It's for definitely sure. a feminist issue, but I'm saying that there need to be some prominent mm-hmm. men leaders in the feminist movement. Yes, yeah, that deal sure. with because this whole thing. People say like, oh, there's a men's rights activist or whatever, but that's like. That's like minimism. Fuck that. It's like it's yeah. Like, talking about how like oh men are much more likely to lose like custody cases in court, and it's like if you look, there's a reason because of that. And also, it's like every issue that you turn on its head doesn't have an equal. Like that's mm-hmm. just all, a lot of times it's just a false um, false equivalency. You can't say that like oh I have to open doors for a woman. It's like no, you have the social capital enough to be like not subservient to a man. Yeah. Also, this is a tangent. I know we're tangenting a lot, but it's fine. Like, whenever men are like, oh, like, you don't want me to open the door for you, it's like, no, like, fucking open the door for me. I open the door for everyone. Like, right. it's not a gender thing. Just open the door to be a decent fucking human right. being. And, like, I've definitely had guys, like, open the door for me and they're like, oh, like, does that bother you? And I'm like, no. Yeah. It doesn't. Like, I would do that for They'll you. They'll be like, oh, chivalry is dead. It's like, why do we have to be, why do men have to be chivalrous towards women? Like, why can't it be mutual? Like, we're literally, like, just serve each other. Like, just be a nice person. And I think from experience, experiencing that in relationships with women it's the fact that people think that oh like the well there are like there are these typical gender roles that happen in heterosexual relationships but when it's two women you can completely like it depends on each person and each relationship and each role will fall to whoever is most like adept at doing that and it's also like you can split the bill and no one's masculinity is injured like Mm, mm -hmm. you can buy each other food you can open the doors 
someone can cook. Like you, it's just it's so much easier just to totally rewrite the script right. instead of starting from this baseline of here's what men need to do, here's what women need to do. Because when it's two women, you just tot- it's entirely different. Right. It's so much more equal. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So all good stuff to think about. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess we would say like, yeah, toxic masculinity is the root of a lot of this violence that we're seeing. Uh, I mean, at least in our opinion, but also like just looking at the facts, like men are doing this, women are not. Like that's important. Yeah. And also, I think to sort of move past that, it's obviously an issue with this sort of gendered toxic masculinity. But the fact that the United States has more guns than any other country in the world mm. certainly does not help. And so these issues, we could talk all day about how it's a gendered issue and whatnot, but at the end of the day, there needs to be legislation passed and there needs to be more regulation and selling guns and there needs to be more of a, um, what is the word I'm looking for? The people that buy guns need to be held accountable for what yeah, they do with them. And the gun sellers need to be accountable for who they sell them to and they need to not sell them to any old person on the street who walks up with a handful of cash and says, I've literally abused my wife and I want to buy a gun. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, lots of stuff to digest, lots of stuff to think about. It's, um, I mean, I don't want to reiterate too much, but we, we did have another article from Harper's Bazaar, Men Are Responsible for Mass Shootings by Jennifer Wright. Another great article. Go ahead and read it. Um, and this talks a little bit about toxic masculinity, guns, and I will just read a couple quotes from here because I know we've talked about this a little bit already, but I think it's another interesting point. Um, we live in a culture that worships men's with gun- men with guns. You can probably think of many off the top of your head. John Wayne, Indiana Jones, or James Bond come immediately to mind. They're all men who get what they want. Women are all eager to have sex with them. They have the respect of the pe- their peers in their communities. So most of the men who commit mass shootings are, are not these like wildly admired men. They are men who felt like they were owed something and that the world was not providing what they owed. So so again, we see this big, or she says, catastrophic sense of male and male entitlement. Mm-hmm. So the perpetrators um, seem to feel that if people do not give them precisely what they want, then those people do not deserve to live. So we see this in... And so many of these mass shooters. Oh, what was that guy's name? We just looked him up. Elliot. Oh, Elliot Rogers. The guy in Santa Barbara, California. He wrote the manifesto, and he also put up all those YouTube videos, which are still online. And the last one was called uh, Retribution, I think. Yeah, really mm. blue. I mean, blows your mind. I don't love that you can still. It watch makes them. my skin crawl. Yeah, I mean, and this is just one example, but there is. Um, oh man, I had all. These, where were those? <laughs> um, I had quotes, but but of other mass shooters who who had um, not left behind manifestos or evidence of... Oh, yeah, Dylan Roof. I mean, Dylan Roof. Oh, gosh. Omar Mateen. I mean, he beat his wife. I mean, there's all these, like, hints where we see... Um, this sort of superiority, this feeling of superiority, and 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 that they and that they're not receiving violence. it, right? They're not receiving all the things that they believe they receive. I mean, I would say Elliot Rogers probably like one of the best examples. Right. If you want to read one of the clearest examples. Clearest examples. I mean, just really, really wild. I think he primarily killed women too when he went on his. Shooting oh, for sure. Page. It was that was his. You know. Right, but not all shoot. I mean, most shooters do kill men and women. Right. Um, but. Oh. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I also wanted to read the kind of closing paragraph of this uh, Harper's Bazaar opinion piece because I think it's really beautiful and it really kind of puts this issue in a, um, it's a good way to wrap up our sort of what we're trying to do with our feminist perspective on this issue. So she says, I think often after these killings of a scene from Beatrice at dinner, Beatrice, an immigrant played by Selma Hayek, is talking to a Trump-like developer played by John Lithgow. The developer is talking about how much he loves big game hunting and killing elephants. 
Beatrice says, you think killing is hard, huh? You wait in the bushes. The animal might outrun you or charge you. It's not easy to get your shot. Try healing something. That is hard. That requires patience. You can break something in two seconds, but it can take forever to fix it. And then she goes on to say, teach that as a sign of masculinity. Teach that healing, not killing, is something powerful you can do as a man. Teach your sons to be gentle as they go through life. Then I think we might begin to see the end of this problem. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. And I think mm-hmm. it really kind of puts... That's that's basically summarizes my entire thoughts about this and how the ways in which men and women are socialized differently and why this is such a gendered issue. Right. Because men aren't taught heal, to heal. They aren't taught to be gentle. They aren't taught to be careful. And I feel like that's the biggest narrative you get as a woman growing up in today's mm-hmm. society. Like, you have to be quiet. You have to be small. You have to close your You're giving a baby doll and, and say, hey, get ready for motherhood when you're literally three years old. Right. You know? Right. Like, how can you be caring? How can you be nurturing? All these things, which are not bad qualities. And, like, I'm I'm really thankful Right, these are good things. Right, compassionate, empathetic. But when we make them really feminine, like we do in society, that that almost coincides with being weak. And so men men feel like compassion, empathy, kindness are all weak things. And even, I think women think that too. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's really easy to get caught up in this idea that when you're vulnerable, you're weaker. And I guess you are, technically, when you make yourself vulnerable. But I think it's so powerful to be able to be vulnerable and to talk about your emotions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really, I mean, there's a lot of power in it. And and I think, I love that she says that like uh you know healing is hard you know healing requires patience you know and it is and i love that quote and this kind of relates and i think i literally saw this on facebook taken from tumblr so i don't even know (laughs) if it's a real quote but it just says don't you know women are made of pain and um and you did tell me that. and i just i think that's like such an amazing quote not even for me personally like i've had this like super painful existence or life but just like women across time and space historically have just and they absorb this pain yeah, oh my god, I'm thinking, okay, I, I promise, one of my last tangents, I'm thinking of this, I know this is super obscure, no one's going to know this other than, like, maybe one Spanish? person. Yeah, it's this Abel Sanchez book by Miguel Unamuno. Miguel de Unamuno. And, um, I don't remember what year, maybe, like, the 1700s, but it's what? eight. Is it not? Is no, it- it's, it's, like... After the Spanish Civil War. He dies in the Spanish Civil War, I think. I fucking hate myself. I read the introduction to when I, we... Is she it made me read. Yeah, it's like 1920s. Un a muno. Yeah. Dr. Gordon would be... I just here. read... Um, he died in 36. Yeah, Manuel... Um, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry, I was just getting mixed up with something else. I oh, man, he him. looks like a Spanish version of um, Roosevelt. <laughs> In that picture. Oh, wow. He <laughs> does a little bit, yeah. So he does. He's cute. One of my favorite <laughs> Spanish authors, as I don't even know when he fucking was, but whatever, it's fine. But basically, he does this story of, y'all, if y'all know the story of Cain and Abel from the Bible, he kind of rewrites it. And and basically, the guy's name, he's not Cain, it's um, Joaquin, so it's kind of like a, uh, yeah, I mean, like a Spanish version of, of Cain. Right. I mean, Cain is the Spanish version, but it's like further than that. Um but basically he 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 marries this woman who he wants to marry this other woman abel's wife who's like whatever he's like in love with her he feels like he deserves her but he ends up marrying this other woman and basically the entire book she's just like i love you i want to take your pain i want to like you know i want to like you know be this amazing partner for you like i'll do anything for you and he's kind of like i guess i'll love you whatever and he's like kind of shitty to her and shitty to everyone he ends up killing cain like as he does in the bible but um so we see this again in this act of violence when you know when he feels like he doesn't get what he deserves which is helena abel's wife but um but she just she just really tries to this idea of like Mm -hmm. absorbing his pain and she like is so self-sacrificing and what's interesting to me oh there's so much to talk about but like 
you know, she's had just as hard a life as him. I mean, and, and, and then the book of Joaquin has not had a hard life. He's fucking fine. Like, yeah, he was like, <laughs> yeah, like rejected a little bit and he didn't get the ideal woman that he wanted. Like but it's like, bit. yeah, and like Joaquin has like, you know, she's within this like loveless relationship where she's giving, giving, giving and not, you know, mm. and, and she just like lives this life and doesn't do anything glaringly bad in the novel. I mean, granted, this is a novel, but in the end, you know, she gives off her love, gets treated like shit. Uh, uh, Joaquin is the guy who kills someone in the end so it's like we see this imbalance of like what women do with pain and what men do with uh-huh. pain and how women internalize it and even um, use it to love people harder oh my god yes and then men use it to hurt people sometimes so I think that's really interesting how women kind of use their pain to, to, to make the world a better place and how men use it to fuck everyone I mean there are so many literary examples of women being like emotional sponges for men like, mm. that was just one of them. And I'm like, does that be, is that because they're written by men? But also, like, this is actually happens. Like, right. oh, I think of, uh, because in the I time think of the men see too. a lot of women as emotional sponges. Oh, yeah, in the time of the butterflies. I know that whole scene, um, Gosh, this is so much tangenting, so we'll stop. But but it's it's a real thing. It happens in literature, but it happens in society. You know, that question is, is art a reflection of society or are we a reflection oh, of God. art? Oh, God. That is a um, whole other podcast. Yeah, I know. But but just a lot of things to think about. And I think, um, you know, this when we talk about violence, I mean, we're not just talking about mass shootings. And I think this extends and transcends this conversation and just violence mm-hmm. um, and language and violence in other ways um, and how, how men de- deal with pain, how women deal with pain. So interesting stuff to think about. And I guess for men who are listening, listening to this I you know we're not trying to take a giant shit on men first of all first of all thank you for listening yeah honestly thank you shout out to any guy who listens to this also shout out to anyone at all who's listening to this <laughs> other than if like, you've made it this far you're probably like a better person than we are <laughs> well that too but also like we love you yeah thank you um yeah so we just I guess I want to challenge men to be radical and be way emotionally that they love. vulnerable mm-hmm. love people harder oh and another plug for queer eye queer eye if you oh, haven't that's seen a it show. it's on Netflix and it's so good like I was so skeptical about it um, at first, but it's just, oh my God, it's so good. And it really hones in on this point about men being vulnerable and being comfortable with their emotions. Super beautiful. You will cry every episode, just to warn you. <laughs> really little plug for that. We um, should get paid for this. <laughs> we, True. Um, is there anything else we want to say about gun violence and, and mass shootings before we wrap up things? I have a couple wrap up points, but. Oh, I, I've gotten most of my opinions out there, so I'm good. Um, well, basically, I just want to acknowledge the teens of Florida and their activism. They are just fighting the good fight. They're doing amazing. I want to say their names. Emma Gonzalez, fuck, as I'm saying, Sarah Chadwick, Connor, someone, um, just a few of the amazing kids in Florida who, who suffered this tragedy a couple weeks ago and have um, been dedicating their time and money and efforts to to fighting for better gun law. So we thank them, and I'm really excited for their generation and our generation mm-hmm. to um, really end gun violence and, and a lot of violence that we're seeing today. Mm-hmm. Um, if y'all want to hear about a tangible way you can help, um, I'll tell you to go to act.everytown.org. Um, they give you 10, I think it's 10 steps on, um, or it looks like seven, on tangible things you can do to um, fight gun violence in your area. Um, I will do a shout out for Wilmington kids. There is a march in Wilmington on the 24th. I did not know that. I had been looking and it just popped up because it's in like Raleigh and Durham and Charlotte, all the marches. Come on, Wilmington, let's go. Um, but there is going to be a march on the 24th. So um, stay tuned for that. There's a Facebook group and, and event. Um, there's also one in Charlotte, uh, Durham and Raleigh on the 24th. So if you want to join that fight against uh, 
against gun violence. Uh, there's one way to do that. Call your senators. Um, we'll, we'll put some links up in the description of what y'all can do. But, um, yeah, is there anything? I mean, let's see how. 36 minutes. Okay. That's pretty good. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about? I can't think of anything else. I'm sure there is, but mm -hmm. it's just a very complex issue, so I mean. Yeah. Um, let us know what you think about what we've said. Yeah, did we miss stuff? Did, we, did you want to hear more about stuff? Um, questions, yeah. comments, concerns? If you have any ideas of what we should do for our other podcasts in the future, please hit us up because we yeah. are always open to ideas. Right, and we, we know we're not perfect, and we know that we have lots of room to grow and expand and that our ideas mm -hmm. are not, like, amazing. But but it's fun and we have a lot of opinions and we would yeah. love to share those opinions with yeah. anyone that will listen. <laughs> and also we want to make a difference, you know. I mean, yeah, I know, for sure. I know. You know, help help create dialogue and change. I think dialogue yes. is just the beginning. But Retweet. Retweet. Yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter at Virgin Trees. You can go to my SoundCloud. You know what? Let me check because I just... I was fucking around with my SoundCloud. I think it's soundcloud.com slash Miriam Elise still. It is. I don't know how to... Oh, no, I changed it. Mm. Because I was like, I don't want it just to be me and Elise. Oh, well, I don't care. This is me and Becca. Well, no, I changed the way I uploaded it. Oh, so good. Oh, fuck. Okay, so, okay. SoundCloud.com slash Virgin Trees Podcast. Yay. And that, this is where you can find it. Um, send us an email, virgintreespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to submit ideas, yada, tweet at us. Or literally just text us if you Yeah, want, text because, us. Uh, anyone that's listening. We're not important people. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. It's not hard. Um, <laughs> closing thoughts. Thank you. That's my closing thought. Gracias. Yeah. Bye.